The following is an encore episode of Smart Asses Radio. Do not call in. This is madness! This is Smart Asses! Hello, Seattle. This is Dr. Crazier Frame, and I'm listening to Smart Asses Radio with Johnny Video and Geek Goddess Jackie. Oh, for the love of God, my internet's cut out. Roz! Holy podcast, Batman! Right, you are Robin to the Batcave! We've got to listen to Smart Asses Radio. Hurry, chump! Smart Asses Radio. Dry humor, geek culture, and amazing women. Captain, I'm picking up a strange noise from the 21st century. Oh, do shut up, Mr. Crusher. Sorry. Captain, the boy is right. I'm picking up the Smart Asses Radio podcast. Oh, good lord. On screen, then. To become a Smart Assaholic, check out our online magazine and subscribe to our RSS feed at smartasses.net. You can keep up on our phony news, top 12 lists, the Smart Asses Amazing Gal of the Month, replays of our radio show's comedy segment, and official Smart Asses merchandise, as well as entertainment articles, DVD reviews, up-to-the-minute celebrity news, three Smart Assy e-cards, and over a decade of the definitive Top 100 Sexiest Women Alive. To interact with Smartasses Radio live on the air, follow us on Twitter and tweet your thoughts to the hosts at SmartassesNet using the hashtag AleJackie. 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 behest of our new boss here at Smart Asses Magazine, if, if I may go out on a limb here, I am the creator of Smart Asses Magazine. Yes, I have served humbly as the senior editor of the magazine for the past eight years, but who am I other than just an insignificant cog in a much, much larger machine that really only runs well due to the sheer genius of our illustrious Majestic, really, new commander-in-chief who does all the pushing of the buttons now. I, I, I realize my opinion means very, very, very little in the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. But, if I, but if I may say so, the new co-host here at Smart Asses Radio is not only a gentlewoman and a scholar, but is also quite possibly the most beautiful and, dare I say, perfect woman to ever grace the face of this earth. And not only that, but proof to me that she definitely belongs in the big chair. And, you know, big chair, 
Who am I kidding? She belongs in a throne, this woman. A throne. All right, Johnny, get on with it. Yeah, yes, ma'am. Um, anyway, uh, as most of you already know, uh, leggy supermodel Xenia Tutmanchiva, who is famous for Revlon and for being named Maxim Switzerland's sexiest woman alive, has been the proverbial, quote-unquote, face of smartasses since last summer. However, over in our geek division, it's a different story. Not only is there a different woman who serves as the face of that division, but in the past, she has also worked for me as the head of that division. Uh, and that person is the new co-host here on Smart Asses Radio, who has graciously said she will hold the position open for when Sue Young returns. And I say graciously because... She is also my new boss, CEO, and 51% owner of Smart Asses Magazine, and that is Geek Goddess Jackie. Jackie, welcome to your new radio show. Thank you. I enjoy having myself, and it's Sue Young that I like. It's you who needs to watch his ass. Yeah, that's kind of what I was afraid of. It happens. Well, um, anyway, so, uh, for those of you who don't know, Jackie not only headed up our geek division, as I just said, but... She is also the daughter of world-renowned potato chip mogul Bobby O, who owns the Bobby O Potato Chip Company up near our western headquarters in Boondock, Montana. And he's not only the owner of the Boondock Carps Baseball Club and the Potato Chip Company, but he's also a major stockholder of our WILD-TV television station up in Boondock, Montana. And long story short, the new boss here, Jackie, sitting across from me, was not real happy with the way things have been going here at Smart Asses Magazine. So her dad bought the company and gave it to her as a happy April 13th gift, and that's why she's the new boss around here. Does that about sum it up, ma'am? Yep. <laughs> um, so how about those uh, how about those northern lights? you catch those the other day, the aurora borealis stuff that was going on down here? Did you catch any of that? Do you think I have time for northern lights? Probably not. Yeah. So I should probably just get into the news at this point? Mm, that would be nice. Because the small talk thing doesn't seem like it's flying with you right now. With that, we will get into some of our weekly fake news with Jackie's permission, which she just gave us. Phony news with your smart asses actions. Storm Doppler, Eyewitness 3000, News Scoop Team. Uh, here we go. Uh, with hips swinging. South Korean rapper Psy launched the dance and video of his new song, Gentlemen, at a packed Soul concert on Saturday, with nearly 160,000 tuned in online to see if he could carry off a repeat of his mega-hit Gangnam Style. On the other side of the Korean peninsula, North Korean soldiers were seen aiming new missiles due south with the letters PSY painted on the side of it. <laughs> did, you, did you catch any of that uh, out there, Jackie? Mm-hmm. Uh, Francine Wheeler, the mother of one of the Sandy Hook school shooting victims, stepped in for President Obama on Saturday to deliver the White House weekly address and urged Congress to pass stricter laws on gun control. In a similar story, Alma Harzenfire, who temporarily lost her son at a local West Virginia Walmart, asked for stricter control over freaks coming into the store and shopping in their pajamas. <laughs> I think you know Sue Young usually kind of giggles along with me, you know, to kind of kind of help sell the jokes a little bit. Right. 
Klaus Helmbach, a celebrity broker and friend of Lindsay Lohan, told Radar Online the other day uh, that he wants the troubled, possibly pregnant actress to stay away from the Coachella Music Festival this past weekend. He added, Lindsay is in a dark place right now, and for someone struggling with addiction, the amount of drugs and alcohol at Coachella is just a recipe for disaster waiting to happen. On Thursday... Wearing only a skimpy Sailor Moon outfit, Lohan appeared on the FX channel's Charlie Sheen comedy, Anger Management. Because wearing a slutty schoolgirl uniform and palling around with a sex addict like Charlie Sheen is so much safer. <laughs> and there you go. That is the end of your pretend and fake news. Yeah, so, uh, so I guess you're going to be taking over since you are the quote-unquote geek goddess. And uh, certainly nobody questions that you are indeed a deity. Uh, I assume you're going to be taking over the geek news from now on. That's what I hear. Uh, well, okay. I, I think that came down from you, actually. That's what I hear. Well, I'll tell you what. Without further ado, let's go ahead and get into some geek news. So, um, the matter of who censored Saga number 12. I don't know if any of you guys read Saga, but amazing comic book. Um, has been termed some of the craziest comic books out there. While I certainly didn't foresee the shocking swerve that was revealed as the actual entity that thought the two Bukaki panels weren't Apple-friendly. Um, in private conversations yesterday, I began to suspect that everyone didn't add up. Why had Apple ejected Saga number 12 when so much worse has been seen in previous issues was in new guidelines a new inspector? Um, was someone having a bad day? Who knows? While we'll never know, and probably won't want to know, <laughs> we can get some uh, educated guesses. That would be nice to hear what uh, everyone has to think about that. Um, was Apple aware they had been hard wrong brushed? Um, a couple of tweets from the Macworld account suggest that Apple didn't uh, know or um, wanted the record set straight. So. We'll see if anything comes out on that. But that is the geek news for today. Wow, that's crazy. I, I hear that that is like a mega, hugely popular comic. Oh, it's it's something else. I don't, you know, if uh, you get into reading it, I think you'll enjoy it because it uh, definitely keeps you on your toes and wanting more. I whine every time it's over. <laughs> well, you mentioned uh, you mentioned Apple in there. Now, if if they're pulling, and you may not even know the answer to this, but I mean, it's worth batting around. You mentioned that they, they pulled issue number 12. Now, is that only the electronic version, and people can still buy the paper version in stores? No, you can still get the paper version. I have it sitting in front of me right now. This is no different than any other issue that they have put out. Um, it's very um, sexually explicit. It, it shows a lot of crazy stuff, the whole comic book itself. So this is not like a, anything new to, to this um, you know, this series of, of comics. So maybe it's just, you know, Apple being Apple. Damn big mega corporations. Even though your dad's one of them. So no offense to you, but... Well, you know, I benefit from that. I love me some Bobby O's potato chips. Oh, man. I wish I had a bag right now. How was that for a plug? That's a good plug. Hello, Carps fans. It's me, Lefty Mayshack, the old Nuxa. You know, using the Nucks on my left hand won me a lot of games for the Boondock Carps, but they're not all that great for enjoying a handful of tasty Bobby O's potato chips. Bobby O's potato chips. They're salty, they're crunchy, and now available in lemon, lime, and grape.
Did you know you could advertise on SmartAsses Radio for as low as $5 a month? For details, visit SmartAsses.net or SmartMarkRadio.com and click on the advertising link at the bottom of the page. i got to use some Tic Tacs just in case I start kissing her. You know, I'm automatically attracted to beautiful... I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. You just like, I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. There has to be some form of punishment. For the woman? Yeah, there has to be some form. He shook his finger at me and he screamed, you're disgusting, and he ran out of there. I really think it's a, a bad idea to put your wife working for you. I don't want my wife shouting at somebody like that. A softness disappeared. She became an executive, not a wife. If you become president, will a woman make the same as a man? You're going to make the same if you do as good a job. That ugly face of yours. Right, so. Roe versus Wade, consigned to the ash heap of history where it belongs. Then I have days where if I come home, dinner's not ready, I go through the roof. I did try and f*** her. She was married. It must be a pretty picture you drop in John and Dennis. Just don't respect her as a journalist. Pregnancy is a wonderful thing for the husband. It's certainly an inconvenience for a business. The look obviously matters. Like you wouldn't have your job if you weren't beautiful. It's very I moved on her like a but I couldn't get there. And she was married. Big phony And she's totally changed her Mr. Trump, women are going to be the reason you're not elected to be president. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can seem intense. Like, breakup R&B intense. I thought you said you love a sweater that I got you. If you didn't, you could have told me. Geico makes it easy. Just go to Geico.com anytime to update or check your policy. Without all the extra drama. I even had a gift. It's no question that having a tax business can make you a lot of money. But perhaps you don't know where to get started. Empire Tax has just the solution. From helpful apps, advice, even financing regardless of credit, you can find all you need to start your tax business today. We even offer franchising opportunities. Don't wait. Be a part of a business that everyone needs. Call 315-367-4733 or visit empiretax.org today. Football season is here, which means you're running several fantasy teams, and the struggle to keep your team sharp week after week is real. Well, Spurch.com is ending your struggle. Customize data so you only see what you want. Import teams instantly from Yahoo, ESPN, NFL, and CBS Sports so you can analyze your teams in one location. Spurch.com saves you time, and you can get your free 14-day trial now at Spurch.com. 
Hello, sci-fi fans, it's me, George Nori here. And when I'm not mailing the mic at Ghost to Ghost, well, I'm listening to Beyond the Truth on Smart Mark Radio. Because they don't talk about Ouija boards, so I don't get spooked. Uh, <laughs> George, shut up. Oh, sorry, Mr. Bell. Say, did you buy gold or solar-powered sea crane radios? Shut up. Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. on SmartMuckRadio.com. To become a smartassaholic, check out our online magazine and subscribe to our RSS feed at smartasses.net. You can keep up on our phony news, top 12 lists, the Smartasses Amazing Gal of the Month, replays of our radio show's comedy segment, and official Smartasses merchandise, as well as entertainment articles, DVD reviews, up-to-the-minute celebrity news, free Smartassy e-cards, and over a decade of the definitive Top 100 Sexiest Women Alive. Hey, smart asses, it's the governor over here. When I'm not filming my movies or parking the maid, I'm sure as hell not putting my ear to the computer and listening to your show. Fuck you. And that horse should put the saddle on. I won't be back. Fuck all of you. To interact with Smart Asses Radio live on the air, follow us on Twitter and tweet your thoughts to the hosts at SmartAssesNet using the hashtag HailJackie. Smart Asses Radio. Wrap your drunken arms around me And I'll let you call me yours tonight Cause slightly broken's just what I need And if you give me what I want Then I'll give you what you like When you turn off the lights I get stars in Call in and talk to the hosts. Dial 646-478-5863. Or click on the blue letter S to call in via Skype. And now, back to Smart S's Radio. Now, Jackie, as I said at the top of the show, you are the new owner of Smart S's Magazine. Nobody has that in question. Uh, however, this is your first time on Smart S's Radio. Uh, and I know that you were originally not happy with it, which is kind of why you took over the company. But I do have to say, please tell me that at least the music is a positive thing for you. 
The music is a positive, the Johnny is a negative. Yeah, well, without further ado, and so that I can quickly change the subject, uh, we're going to go ahead and bring on Bob Cooper. Uh, he can be heard on Beyond the Truth over on SmartMarkRadio.com. Uh, he's the uncoverer of conspiracies, if that is even a word, and former agent for the U.S. military. Anyway, let's talk about your radio show. Uh, tell us about Beyond the Truth. Um, maybe tell us a little bit about last week's episode. Uh, uh, yeah, first of all, thanks for having me on the show. Um, uh, first of all, uh, Beyond the Truth is a, let's just say it, it opens up a lot of conspiracies, but we don't just stick with conspiracies. I mean, we go with a lot of things that mainstream science won't even acknowledge. We've done stuff on Bigfoot. Um, I've got a couple more episodes coming up on other different creatures. But we do get into a lot of actual conspiracies. My very first episode was a police state, which is a government-controlled martial law. Um, We've done stuff on alien abductions, Area 51. Um, last week we did the whole conspiracy theory around the JFK assassination. And I did like hours and hours and hours of research. Now, on this show I try not to throw my own beliefs into it. I find myself doing it more than what I probably should. So I actually label it down to the, the top ten conspiracy theories out there. And again, these are not orders that I put them in. Uh, the whole number one or the number ten conspiracy was the Federal Reserve Bank stating that they had they actually put a hit on JFK to have it done. But after doing more research, JFK actually gave the Federal Reserve more power than they've had before him and since him. So that one's pretty much been thrown out. Uh, the number nine was the Lyndon Johnson theory. Uh, and anyone that was around at that time would have to say, yeah, they kind of think Lyndon Johnson had something to do with it. Uh, number eight was the UFO cover-up conspiracy. Number seven was the mafia theory, thinking that strictly the mob had JFK killed. Um, number five was the Illuminati. And no matter what conspiracy I look into, Johnny, the Illuminati pops up. Right. I mean, it, to me, it's almost like a scapegoat, you know I mean? I don't put too much weight. That's like saying the Freemasons had it done, too, and I didn't find nothing on that. Well, Freemasons uh, and Illuminati are supposedly one and the same to an explain, you know, like one, like you know, like the Freemasons are the minor leagues of the Illuminati, which would be the major leagues. Well, I just don't understand how they can be called a secret organization when everyone knows about them. <laughs> you know, that, that's the thing that throws me for a loop. How can you be a secret society when everybody knows that you're there. They should be called um, the shadow body, because if yeah. they're the Illuminati, the lights are on you, you'd be the shadow army. You get right. Now, my, my co-host for Beyond the Truth is Chris Ames. I love having the guy on the show. He's like, he's really big into the Illuminati and the all-seeing eye, and I mean, he's done shows where I knew nothing about what he was talking about. So right after the show, I got on there and started researching the stuff he told me to look at, and I didn't sleep the rest of that night. It spooked the hell out of me to that extreme. <laughs> Yeah, see now you now you make me want to do my George Norrie impersonation, you know, because I know that's the type of show you listen to too. But I think, yeah, that's one of my favorite fake George Norrie lines. It's like, well, I want to hear the story, but I don't want to be spooked. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm a big Art Bell fan. I grew up listening to Art Bell, and everyone knows, you know, he's George Norrie's kind of the replacement for Art Bell. Yeah. Um, he don't do the same type of stuff, but after what happened to Art Bell, who would, you know? I mean, I'm hoping I get that big where the government's actually looking at me and saying, wait, he's starting to talk too much. But I checked into some things, and as long as I don't give up no mission parameters of what I did in the service, I'm completely safe to talk. So, All right, so, what, so you know, I kind of interrupted you there. What were the top two? Yeah, the number four was the KTB. Number three was the Israel Theory. Uh, according to this list, number two was the Gay Thrill Kill, 
which was the whole basis of the JFK, you know, with Jim Garrison, the movie, and all that. Um, the number one conspiracy theory, which I actually believe is this is how it happened, was the CIA theory. There's 19 pages in this theory. Of course, I didn't read them all over the air. I didn't get into everything. But it ties every one of the other nine conspiracies that I just read off, it ties every one of them together. And in 30 seconds, what's, uh, you know, I'm sure that George Bush Sr. being on the grassy knoll and the picture that you found of that ties mm -hmm. that in together too, or no? It, it ties it strictly in with the CIA because at that time he was not the director but he was a high-ranking official in it. Um, all the documents I found stating that he was with CIA, nothing of a title is given to him. So it doesn't say, you know, that he was an operator. It doesn't say that he was a director. But everything I see says that he was a, involved heavily with the CIA. But uh, anyway, um, uh, we're going to discuss the legend of the Mothman. And um, <laughs> Richard Gere did great in, you know, the Mothman prophecies, but that's not what this is about. Uh, there's actually some fact that's listed in this with the whole Silver Bridge collapse, you know, different sightings that have happened. And, and the thing that gets out, that the Mothman, I don't think, is so much as a legend, but I think it's more like what people, certain people see before their demise. Uh, it's like he's a messenger of some sort. When the Mothman appears and people see it, bad things happen. He's a harbinger of death. Yep. We've got the Silver Bridge collapse, which was right during rush hour. Uh, there's been numerous fires. Uh, you know, things like that that has followed the a sighting of the Mothman. Um, but I, I don't know if you ever watched this show called Monster Quest that used to be on on the History Channel, Johnny? Mm-hmm. I've seen it a couple of times. Okay. Well, um, I'm in the episode with the, the Ohio Grassman, just, you know, for everyone's thing. You can find that on YouTube, so check it out. It's fun. Um, they did a special on the Mothman. And what they did is set up a cardboard cutout with glowing red eyes. Well, everyone who knows anything about the Mothman, the first thing you notice are their glowing red eyes. They're not night-shined, okay? The eyes are actually glowing. A lot of animals, when you shine a light on them at night, their eyes will glow. Uh, that's just a reflection. The Mothman, his eyes actually glow. They, they, they put out a red light, which kind of leads to a lot of, you know, speculation on what it might be, what it may not be. But anyway, they, they did these different cutouts, and a couple of people who had sightings were driving on the road when they seen this, and they had different cutouts, different sizes, different distances. And a lot of the reports is, oh, the Mothman's, you know, seven, eight foot tall. Well, they have like a two-foot cutout of it, and it'd be about the same distance as what they'd see driving down the road, you know, 20 to 30 feet from their vehicle. And they're like, oh, yeah, that was about the size of it. That was about the size of it. Well, when the cars stop and they bring the cutout over, it's a two-foot-high cutout. In every bit of these sightings, okay, there's, there's the chance for misrepresentation, uh, misidentification. Um, just because people are saying they see something doesn't mean it's exactly what they see. Um, it takes a trained professional for, the, you know, for observation. Um, I've worked in the security field. I'm a former military. So I've even made mistakes. I'm looking at something. Oh, yeah, he was about this tall or this tall, and you get up next to them, and I could be off by more than a foot, depending on the distance. doesn't mean that it's the wrong person. It just means, okay, I screwed up on how tall he was. All right, well, I, I know uh, one of the explanations in, 
and I know that the men in black got involved at some point in the actual investigation. So this might, I, I mean, this isn't the definitive Mothman, but this is, you know, the paranormal explanation. Some ufologists, which I hate that word because it's not even a real word, some ufologists, paranormal authors, and cryptozoologists believe that Mothman was an alien, a supernatural manifestation, or an unknown cryptid. Uh, in his 1975 book, The Mothman Prophecies, author John Keel claimed that the Point Pleasant residents experienced precognitions, including premonitions of the collapse of the Silver Bridge, unidentified flying object sightings, visits from mysterious or threatening men in black, and other bizarre phenomena. Uh, however, Keel has been criticized for distorting established data and for gullibility. So... Um, you know, he, he's, he's either embellishing it or he's believing other people that are embellishing it is what that last line means. Okay, um, so let's look at a couple of different factors. Let's just, for shits and giggles, say that the Mothman is an alien, okay? Um, the Mothman prophecies would be that an alien can see the future, uh, knows something tragic is going to happen. And a lot of these sightings with the Mothman, um, after it's sighted, within hours or Maybe days later, something tragically happens in the area that it's sighted at. Now, could it be that this Mothman is here to warn people? Uh, could it be that the Mothman is here to actually make these events happen? I, I, I'm going to quote here. The uh, ufologist Jerome Clark writes that many years after the initial events, members of the Ohio UFO Investigators League re-interviewed several people who claimed to have seen Mothman, all of whom insisted their stories were accurate. Uh, Linda Scarberry claimed that she and her husband had seen Mothman hundreds of times, which kind of discounts the Harbinger of Doom thing because, you know, you figure uh, e even if she died after the 100th one, she didn't die the first 99 times. But um, at, at any rate, she saw the Mothman hundreds of times, sometimes at close range, and, and she commented, it seems like it doesn't want to hurt you, it just wants to communicate with you. So maybe, I don't know, let's take the alien example. Let's say it is an alien and it can see the future before it happens. And let's you know, take the Silver Bridge incident that you're about to get into. Maybe it is and or was trying to warn people. Well, before we get into that, uh, a point that just came to my attention. When you were talking, she had said, she had seen the Mothman hundreds of times, right? Right. Sometimes at close range, sometimes farther away. I don't know about you, but I have a very inquisitive mind, and if I see something that many damn times and I can't tell you what it is, or I don't know for a fact that's what it is, I may think about start carrying a camera with me. I'm not saying that they're lying, because I know that polygraph tests have been performed on both of them, and they both were not being deceptive. Now, all that saying is... They actually believe what they're saying, and that's all a polygraph machine's going to do. It's not going to tell if you're lying, but if you actually believe what you are saying. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's go back to this uh, Silver Bridge. Um, it kind of the whole Mothman legend kind of center centers around a horrific event that took place in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, on December 15th of 1957. On that December day, around 5 p.m. The U.S. Highway 35 Bridge, also known as the Silver Bridge, collapsed. The Silver Bridge connected Point Pleasant, West Virginia, and Kanaga, Ohio. Yeah. Oh, okay, Kanaga, okay. 
Uh, I yeah, I've actually been on uh, that US 35 bridge a, a number of times. Um, I'm going to have to go down there. Anyway, uh, 37 vehicles were on the Silver Bridge when it collapsed, sending 31 of those cars into the cold river. 46 people perished, and nine were seriously injured. Okay, well, let's stop there for a minute. Do you know anything about the Silver Bridge? Yes, I know that it was nighttime. I know that it was uh, Christmas Eve, uh, so that there were, there was extra traffic uh, on the road at that time as a result of it being Christmas Eve. Um, it may have even been rush hour during Christmas Eve. I, I don't remember that part specifically. Uh, but I do know that the bridge uh, was extremely faulty to begin with, and it was very, very poorly constructed. I think, well, I, I want to say the bridge was like 40 years old, and it was. I know that it was designed, uh, it, it was built and designed during the, the horse and buggy era, so therefore it was designed for horses and buggies, uh, and it had never been reinforced for cars. So The, the structure on the bridge, it's like a chain, a suspended chain bridge. And the official report for the collapse, the reason for the collapse, was one faulty link. Yep. One link. Now, the, the Silver Bridge, I'm sure there was movement on it. I mean, it was long before my time. But the, the thing I'm trying to stress to everyone is nobody's blaming the Mothman for that collapse. But exactly three days prior to the collapse of the bridge, for the next three nights, the Mothman was sighted on that bridge. And the catch of this is, folks, <laughs> the area that he was supposedly sighted at, and now this was reported before the collapse, okay? This didn't come out after the collapse of it. But like any monster-type story, the, the media's not going to pick it up, okay? Now, once the collapse happened, the media's going to see these stories that were going on for three days. Okay, wait a minute, maybe there's something here. Now, where this what are the reports were happening? Now, mind you, this is three days before the collapse. What are the reports were happening and being spotted and told to a police? And, you know, I'm sure the men in black were involved after the collapse. Um, where they were saying that this creature, alien, uh, harbinger of doom, whatever you want to call him at the moment, where he was spotted at is exactly where the chains were and the faulty link. That's definitely something to think about. I mean... Uh, <laughs> That's kind of cool. Well, he was in the uh, well. Here it is. He was in the area where that link was at. Okay, where the chains come together is where the Foley link was, and that's where he was seen. Now, like I said, these reports came through three days prior to the collapse of the bridge. Well, I don't know about you, but if I was a, a police officer that took this report first, and there's been nothing of the Mothman before this, okay, you have no inclination that as a Point Pleasant, West Virginia police officer that you're going to have to deal with a mysterious monster. And somebody, you know, let's say it's some young couple. You know, hey, we've seen this thing on the bridge. How are you going to react? I'm going to make a bunch of little side notes in my report. Uh, possible acid use, um, maybe under the influence of controlled substance. You know, I mean, I'm not going to take anything serious. Now, what I would like to do is find out if any of these Point Pleasant police officers now take any of this serious. Because there's still sightings going on today. But I haven't heard of nothing tragic happening. Hmm. It, it kind of, you know, makes you wonder. Well, the first man, first Mothman sighting happened in the early 60s when a woman driving a car near Chief Comestack hunting grounds stopped her hitting what she thought was a man in the road. The figure turned to, to face her, 
its eyes glowing red, spread two large wings, and took off into the air. I mean, it, any creature that hasn't been proven to exist doesn't mean it doesn't exist. I just have a hard time with something that tall, that big, being able to pull wings out and fly. Well, pterodactyls, I mean, they were they were pretty big back in the day. Yeah, but you could tell it was a bird-looking thing, you know what I mean? This thing has hands, arms, looks almost like a human with glowing eyes with a wings that sprout out. I don't know if you've ever seen a moth's face up close. Freakiest thing. They, they look human. They have a human face. Right. Um, the, the whole concept of the Mothman, and like we talked about off the air, Johnny, is I think it's just somebody, or not somebody, but some sort of some sort of alien intelligence, okay, that can communicate mentally with people. Maybe they're not really seeing it. Maybe it's putting this impression in their head. Maybe it doesn't look like that at all. You know, maybe it's a little green man, but this is what I want you to see because it's going to instill more fear in you to keep you away from this area. Looking for more smartasses? Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash smartasses.net. You can also find us on Pinterest at forward slash smartassesmag. And don't forget to follow us on Tumblr at smartassesnet.tumblr.com. Mmm, nothing spells a carps baseball game like a bag of Bobby O's potato chips. Hi, Uncle Rose. Oh, no. Can we have some of your Bobby O's potato chips? No. If I've told you kids once, I've told you a thousand times. You can't have any of my Bobby O's potato chips. Ah, come on, Uncle Rose. Even Fluffy wants some. Oh, no. Not you, too. Yes, everybody loves Bobby O's potato chips. Available now at your local Boondock, Montana grocer. And now it's time for Jobs Johnny Video Didn't Get. Whole audience full of college kids out of their minds happy. Let's make one of them extra happy by calling on down. Who we got? <laughs> you get it, Drew. Skip McGillicuddy. Come on down. You're the next contestant on The Cost is Right. Cut. This has been Jobs Johnny Video Didn't Get. Ladies and gentlemen, guess what? I'm back. This is Hitless Radio. It's going to be all adult entertainment. I mean, a lot of people, you know what, say that I'm consumed with myself. Well, all right. The way we met was actually through your wife. I was hitting on her online. Matter of fact, if I got a radio show, I was a damn deal. When I look at a chick, I got to look at everything, and I have to give every part of her anatomy an award. Uh, but I am glad to be back, and I am glad that I am on show, and I am glad that Jared ain't here. Friday nights, 10 p.m. on SmartRockRadio.com. What's the matter, buddy? Kramer, Kramer, I have to buy my girlfriend a gift, and I've only got $5 worth of loot. It, oh, yeah, that is a problem. Oh! Do you believe this guy? Uh, what do I do? You need to put on your thinking cap, buddy. 
He sounds just like me, Jerry. What are you talking about? Oh, Johnny Video, baby. Come on, Newman. Think. He doesn't sound anything like you. Uh, I know. I'll get her a personalized celebrity voice impersonation greeting uh, from Johnny Video. Giddy up. Sorry, Jerry. I like him. He's terrible, George. He's terrible. Whoa. Someone's getting crabby. You need to eat more fruit. Plantains, Jerry. Plantains. My fellow Americans, you know, we are living in troubled economic times. So, I would highly suggest you order personalized $5 celebrity voice impersonation greetings from johnnyvideo.net for your next gift-giving event. I'm not President Barack Obama, and I approve this message. Want to keep up with Smart Asses Radio? Subscribe to our RSS feed on smartasses.net or smartmarkradio.com. I'm a geek in the band. Why, I'm an anime geek. <laughs> I'm a furry. I am a chatroom geek. I am a Marvel Comics geek. I am a DC Comics geek. I am an RPGG and role-playing game geek. Well, I'm a computer geek. Wiz. Geek. I'm a computer geek. I am a crossword puzzle geek. I'm a Harry Potter geek. I am a Dungeons and Dragons geek. I'm a video gamer geek, bro. Well, I don't know, but I think I'm a science fiction geek. Well, they asked me to be a Star Trek geek, and I made it so. Hey, I'm a Worlds of Warcraft geek. Fuck the moon. Whatever kind of geek you are, log on to smartasses.net. All sorts of t-shirts, mugs, and other gifts for geeks. And by the way, Smartass's Gifts for Geeks is also the home of the 24 by 36 inch Ultimate Word Search poster. And if you can't defeat it, I'ma laugh and call you a bitch. Hello, I'm legendary Hollywood agent Marty Cohen. I bet you didn't know for over 40 years I've had a talk show on this very channel. Every Saturday night at 3 a.m. I interview all the stars on Marty Cohen's Cohen to Hollywood. Kirk Douglas. So I says to Curtis, he's wearing sunglasses because he thinks he's people. Yeah, I get it. Alec Baldwin. Uh, no, Marty, I promise you, 30 Rock had nothing to do with the Flintstones. Pope John Paul II. Place near the Vatican. Now the pizza is a little greasy, but... How about know. the Olive Garden? Oh, yes, I love the Olive Garden. The endless pasta. How about the... those free breadsticks? Oh, the breadsticks, yes. Funny story. I once filled up the Popemobile with the breadsticks. Really? Oh, yes. They filled up the whole back of the bubble. People were pointing and laughing at all those breadsticks, but you know, the big pointy Pope hat is not without its perks, you know. Tony Curtis. So I says to Kirk, why would anyone want a Christmas card of a penguin wearing sunglasses? He's from the South Pole. It doesn't even make sense. I've interviewed so many celebrities, they should give me a star on the Walk of Fame. Join me this week when I interview Avery Brooks and Kate Mulgrew from the Star Trek. Many people realize I really do enjoy playing baseball. So, Kate, Avery, let's talk about the... Ah, son of a monkey. I just spilled the filter fish all over my vest. I didn't even want to eat this thing during the interview, but it's been sitting out in the temperature danger zone for three hours and 36 minutes, which means I've only got 24 minutes to finish it. God damn. So anyway, 
let's talk about the elephant in the room. What do you say when I say that 10 years ago there ain't no way in high heaven they let a colored fella in a broad captain a rocket ship? I don't think you've ever watched one episode of Voyager. You do realize those shows started over 20 years ago. You kids and your digital watches and your teddy ruck spins and your touch tone phones. What is it with all this outer space stuff? Everyone's so against gravity these days. What the hell you doing up there that you can't do down here? Well, I think. Listen, you ever you ever get one of those space babes on the show? You know, with the silver one-piece spandex suit and the ray gun and the boots and that uh, fishbowl on the head. You know the kind of broad I'm talking about. I don't. What about uh, that uh, that one babe from the uh, Buck Rogers? Yeah. You ever get that broad on your show? I'd like to pinch her asteroid cheeks if you're picking up what I'm laying down. No, listen, here. Yeah, Avery knows what I'm talking about. Okay, that's it. I'm leaving. Oh, boo-hoo, honey. Way to go, toots. Crying just like a broad. Yeah, go on, honey. No one's gonna miss ya. Stupid dame. Avery, you got me double mint because this chick just left a bad taste in my mouth. So join me this week for Cohen to Hollywood. I interview so many celebrities, you'll think you're on the Walk of Fame. Hey, Homer. Hey, Mo. Hey, Krusty. Bonnie. Sideshow Bob. What are you guys doing over there? I'm listening to Smartasses Radio. <laughs> yep, sure are funny. I beg to differ. I find their sophomoric humor to be anemic at best. Don't put a sock in it. Yeah, well, we'll put a stick up your butt. <laughs> To interact with Smartasses Radio live on the air, follow us on Twitter and tweet your thoughts to the hosts at SmartassesNet using the hashtag AleJackie. Smartasses Radio. Call in and talk to the hosts. Dial 646-478-5863. Or click on the blue letter S to call in via Skype. And now, back to Smart S's Radio.
welcome back. Back to you, Bob. All right. We're joined with the other host of Beyond the Truth, Chris. Welcome to the show. So we're talking about the Mothman. Creepy, Guys, creepy, or, creepy. Or you just want to listen? Um, I'm going to do, do a lot of listening and, uh, and kind of chime in where necessary. Um, I, I just I, I, have, I have a question, though. Um, does this fall anything in the lines of uh, other you know, mythical creatures like uh, the one that the, uh, they based uh, Jeepers Creepers off of? Or is this is this uh, the Mothman supposed to be more of like a benign figure that just kind of happens to be there at these points in time? Uh, it's funny you brought that up because I've you know made a reference to the movie Jeepers Creepers uh, already in the show. Um, my inclination is it's nothing like that. Um, I think Je- the movie Jeepers Creepers I think was derived from the Mothman, but they did more of a horror twist to it. Um, as far as I know, there's never been an account of the Mothman actually hurting anyone or making, you know, a move to hurt anyone. Uh, uh, this one lady has seen it, you know, her and her husband have seen it over a hundred times, and she doesn't believe it's here to hurt anyone. It's more just like trying to communicate. Because it, se- it seems to me that, um, based off of some of the stuff that I read, and I think that you guys were talking about it a little bit ago, um, like with the bridge, uh, when the, you know, the chain link busted, and uh, I think, it, is that the one that killed like 46 people or something like that? Yeah, yeah, 36 people died. I, I mean, it just seems, okay, so if, if it's a harbinger of doom-like situations and just happens to be there um, and is trying to communicate this danger, uh, I mean, that's totally understandable, but at the same time, um, I guess if you take it from uh, more of a, 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 not a skeptic point of view, but more of like a traditional point of view, I guess, like what you know most people would think if they see a person in the act that a crime, or not in the act of a crime, but in the area that a crime was committed, that person would obviously be fingered as the culprit. Um, I mean, I, I can't help but think, based off of some of the reading that I did, that maybe it's not necessarily a benign figure, um, but something that's kind of working towards a goal to be able to to um, usher in like a lot of a lot of these doom type scenarios because it just seems too coincidental that this creature would always be there either days before or at the time of these horrible things happening. Um, and I think that if it were trying to communicate something, that it would probably make more of an uh, of a forthright or outgoing effort to do so. Yeah, well, for three days prior to the bridge collapsing, there was reports every day from different people of this thing being on the bridge in the area where the chains come together where the broken link supposedly happened. Now, the day of the event, there was no sightings of it. And like me and Johnny were talking, you know, if you're like a Point Pleasant police officer and you get this report, well, there's something, you know, I've seen this angel of death or this giant bird-like man. What are you going to think? That they're you crazy. Know, before, now, the people of Point Pleasant, West Virginia, have actually embraced this legend. They have an actual Mothman Festival, which if you've seen the Mothman Prophecies, you know about the Mothman Festival. Um, now, as far as I know, I haven't found any accounts of this thing making an appearance at the festival. But here we go again. If I'm right, and this thing is just some sort of harbinger of doom, or something that's going to warn people of some, you know, some in, in, something going to happen, why not make an appearance at its own festival? Take a bow, very, you know. I mean, sign true. some autographs, get some photo ops, you know, do something. <laughs> but you know, of course, that hasn't happened yet. So, but uh, you know, we, we do have a couple more sightings. Um, in '65, uh, a lady reported to the police department 
that her son was playing near the Ohio River and came in and said that he seen an angel in the yard. Um, a year later, a doctor's wife reportedly seen what she described as a giant thin butterfly in November of the same year. Now, here's the thing that gets me, guys. Five men digging a grave reported seeing a brown human being with wings fly out of the trees near the graveyard. Whereas a, there's a place in West Virginia, it's called the TNT. It's basically become known as the home of the Mothman. It's a large tract of land covered in many concrete igloos that were used to store ammunition during World War II. The TNT land tract sites adjacent to 2,500 acres of McClinton Wildlife Station. Now, anyone who knows anything about West Virginia, that wildlife station is the only place within about 250 miles that you can check in game when you kill them, if you do it legally. Okay? So, I mean, it's a very, very desolate, broad area. The whole area is covered with dense forests, steep hills, and riddled with tunnels, making the, it the perfect hideout. I mean, it looks like a, a bunker. You know, I mean, so some of the doors are missing on some, so... Bob, that was the, the site of a former uh, World War II munis- munitions plant. And if I do remember correctly, I believe, wasn't there like some nuclear plant in that area or nuclear waste in that area or something along those lines as well? I think it was, uh, I think it was nuclear waste that was actually um, indirectly funneled in from... Uh I want to say it was either somewhere in Ohio or Pennsylvania. But wasn't it in inside those bunkers in the TNT area that Bob's talking about? Yes. Okay, Which, so, so now, now we're going to spin this, just so I'm understanding this. Are we spinning this into where it could turn into a some sort of genetic mutation? Potentially. I mean, I don't see why, you know, why that wouldn't be a probability. You know, they... Uh, they created in laboratories, uh, you know, crosses of different types of species that just, you know, should not go together. Um, and, you know, additional appendages, additional optic nerve cavities, like all kinds of different stuff. So, and, it, and usually it's done through some kind of genetic manipula- manipulation that's uh, relative to, you know, radioactive substances or some kind of, like, radioactive, like, wave particles and things that they do to be able to manipulate the genome structure. There's all kinds of different stuff that they can do with that. So to say that it couldn't happen in nature is, is would be pretty erratic, especially since, uh, you know, still to this day around the Chernobyl sites and up at Three Mile Island and stuff, you know, you find... Uh, radioactive uh, creatures all over the place. Uh, it's in the it's in the dirt. It's in the water. Um, Three eyed fish. I mean, it's not just on the Simpsons. Now, the men, like Johnny said, the Men in Black were involved shortly after the collapse of the Silver Bridge. Well, the Men in Black, there's actually a government organizations still to this day. They'll show up. They'll confiscate evidence. Uh, they're basically CIA operatives. Let me stop you right there because the, the the Men in Black are. Uh, I mean, there's two different versions of them. One of them is exactly what you just said, but the more popular version and the one that applies to this is that the men in black are aliens that are trying to blend in as well as possible, and that's how they dress. But they also they talk very quirky and weird, and um, they were talking about... Um, Creatures, uh, these these children with black eyes, uh, completely black. That was on Destination eyes. America. Also, it's called the black-eyed children or black-eyed right. kids. 
the black eyed children. That's exactly it. And they were tying <laughs> tying those in with the, the the men in black in terms of the way that they speak. Um, like in other words, like a, where a kid or uh, an adult even would say to you, "I'm hungry." The the black eyed children would say, "Is it food time yet?" And that's kind yeah. of how the Men in Black supposedly spoke, too, when they were doing this investigation of the Mothman in Port Pleasant. They were going around door-to-door, and people said that they spoke very strange in that manner. Well, but uh, also on that black-eyed kids thing, they can't come in unless they have permission. You know, they tried to get in this guy's car, trying to get a ride, and the guy wouldn't do it, and he goes, we can't get in unless you invite us in. I immediately started thinking vampire. Right. But um, this whole Mothman thing... I say the Mothman is about 75% an actual creature of some sort, whether it be an alien or our own government experiment that went bad, okay, and 25% legend. Well, Chris, you can verify this. All legends have some basis of truth in them. Absolutely. I mean, uh, the whole, you know, the whole UFO legend, uh, the Mothman may be a descendant of that. You know, this this whole UFO thing can branch out into so many different areas that, you know, rumor has it that we brought back aliens from Mars. You know, not little yeah, green um, men, but alien life forms. There's uh, it, well, it definitely transcends over into other areas uh, because there's, you know, ufologists and, and uh, cryptozoologists like uh, uh, Jerome Clark and uh, Lauren Coleman um, that have, you know, written multiple articles uh, and even, uh, you know, had interviewed in uh, USA Today and uh, different er- different publications like that that have actually spoke on the subject. So, I mean, if you have ufologists, paranormal authors, cryptozoologists, um, normal average everyday people, um, you know, uh, uh, like pol- uh, politicians uh, and, like, local government, like police, all, all kinds of stuff, like, that are questioning these types of things. Um, I mean, there's got to be some kind of basis in truth. Uh, exactly where that truth comes from, I don't know. But, I mean, I totally, totally agree with you on that level. Give me your take on the Mothman. I want to know what your your aspect of looking at it is. It, uh, do you think it's an alien? Do you think it's just a legend? A harbinger of doom or what? Um, based off of everything that I've read, um, I would probably be willing to go more along the lines of an apparition. Um, I mean, when it comes to, like, a paranormal, uh, I kind of have, uh, uh, like, a, a scale uh, of where I put things and how believable I rate them. And to a point, I will admit that ghosts and things like that are not high on my list. Maybe not so much because I don't believe in them, but because I don't really think about it that much. Um, I personally have not had many encounters with something that would be considered paranormal or supernatural to that effect. Um, but I think that it goes, that this kind of goes a little bit beyond, um, you know, like government experimentation uh, or even extraterrestrial or extra-dimensional beings. Um, but I would be willing to go extra-dimensional extraterrestrial, I'm less likely to go government-related or anything like that because I think something like that would have been um, probably probably at least documented by this point um, other than by like stand, like people out there in the, in the audience and, and standers by and, and people like that. Um, I would probably have to go with maybe like a spirit apparition 
uh, because there's, uh, you know, there's old ancient folklore from, I believe it's like, uh, you know, different tribes. Um, they refer to the same creature as the Thunderbird. Um, and the Thunderbird was supposed to be, if I'm not mistaken, was a harbinger of sorrow. Um, you know, so, I mean, if they're sitting here saying, oh, well, it's the spirits, it's this, it's that, well, you know, you could say that their gods may have been aliens or something like that, but... I would be more willing to think extra-dimensional, and when I think extra-dimensional, that encompasses everything, um, whether you're talking about reptilians um, or if you're talking about, like, just average everyday ghosts or, or wraiths. You know, it was some sort of physical manifestation uh, in this world that came from otherworldly sources, and by otherworldly, I mean not on another planet. I mean, like, something completely beyond what we're even capable of comprehending or seeing. Like maybe okay, even well, a transmission, maybe a transmission or something like that. You know. Interesting. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something else out at you, and um, let me know if it changes the way you you know your perspective on it. Um, Point Pleasant, West Virginia, is in the heart of the Appalachians. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's a quick guess. Um, I can tell you that I've done a little bit of research and found nine different ghost or monster stories just in that area alone. Um, in Breckenridge, Kentucky, they have a legend of the sheep squatch. Um, another thing is the Goatman, um, which is in PA. Uh, there's a thing called the Ghost Light, which is nothing but, I guess the easiest way to describe it would be a glowing orb. Um, you know, just all these things are happening all in that area. And then right, if you look on a map through the Appalachians, if you map out all these different legends and stories, the TNT mines are right dab smack in the middle of all of them. Anyway, we do have to kind of start wrapping things up here. Jackie, did you have any questions you wanted to squeeze in? No, you pretty much covered all my questions. Well, yeah, Bob, I mean, you know, uh, let everybody know what time your show is on. Okay, uh, it, the shows are Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have another alien show coming up. Um, we have a, quite a few paranormal shows coming up, but uh, I hope everyone joins us. I hope everyone has fun with it, and, you know, it's, it's been an honor to be on your show, Johnny. I, I appreciate it. Hey, not a problem. And, again, uh, you can catch him every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time on Beyond the Truth over on SmartMarkRadio.com. On that note, uh, we're going to be back in just a few minutes. We're going to go ahead and grab our guest. Uh, he's going to be author, agent, teacher, actor, film producer, Evan Ginsberg, uh, the geek out of Jack, and I will be back in a few minutes while we go ahead and play this for you. Never really felt bad about it As we drank deep from the light Cause I felt melting magnets, babe The second I saw you through half-shut eyes Smoking sunset off Mulholland He was talking, I was wondering about you And that girl, she your girlfriend Face from heaven, bet the world she don't know Pretty girls don't know the things that I know Walk my way, I'll share the things that you want Uh-oh, dancing past the point of no return Let go, we can free ourselves of all we've learned I love the secret land 
become a smart assholic. Check out our online magazine and subscribe to our RSS feed at smartasses.net. You can keep up on our phony news, top 12 lists, the smartasses amazing gal of the month, replays of our radio show's comedy segment, and official smartasses merchandise, as well as entertainment articles, DVD reviews, up to the minute celebrity news, free smartassy e-cards, and over a decade of the definitive top 100 sexiest women alive. Hello, Carps fans, it's me, Lefty Mayshack, the old Nuxa. You know, using the Nux on my left hand won me a lot of games for the Boondock Carps, but they're not all that great for enjoying a handful of tasty Bobby O's potato chips. Bobby O's potato chips. They're salty, they're crunchy, and now available in lemon, lime, and grape. Mmm, nothing spells a Carps baseball game like a bag of Bobby O's potato chips. Hi, Uncle Rose. Oh, no. Can we have some of your Bobby O's potato chips? No. If I've told you kids once, I've told you a thousand times. You can't have any of my Bobby O's potato chips. Ah, uh, come on, Uncle Rose. Even Fluffy wants some. Oh, no. Not you, too. Yes, everybody loves Bobby O's potato chips. Available now at your local Boondock, Montana grocer. And now it's time for Jobs Johnny Video Didn't Get. This has been Jobs Johnny Video Didn't Get. Oh, yeah! Pro Wrestling Weekend on SmartMarkRadio.com. So young. I'm not afraid. Oh, my God. You did not just call me out. Really? I'm really right now? You just call me out like that? How dare you? I have a cold, sir. Like, and then you're gonna be calling me out a word friends like that. Lanny Coffo, Lanny, thank you very much for being on the show this week. I am, I am the genius full of glory and renown, and I'm living in the past. Miss Tefmacher. You know, all these says with Kelly, Kelly, and Layla, and we had no choice but to get close, and then over time, you know, it, it becomes natural, but it is, seriously, you eat a shit sandwich every day for a very long time. Mr. James J. Dillon. You know, you, you talk about the greatest manager of all time. I've always regarded Bobby DeBrain Heenan as the guy that set the standard for the rest of us. Camille Ford. What do you do other than watch my show? <laughs> I, I, I watch your show and sleep. That's it. I bet you have the body of a 19-year-old athlete with a schedule yeah. like that. Yes. Yeah. You ever seen those pictures of Zeus? You literally right are the Greek god. <laughs> Whatever. Diamond Dallas Page. You want to know what I really thought? I thought, these guys know what they're doing. This is the WWF. 
I've got no heat here. This is just going to bring out the best in Taker. Gail uh, Kim, welcome to the show. That's why I've always been happier here is that they really like to feature the girls. They really like us to show off our athletic ability and, you know, be beautiful at the same time. Sunday nights, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Smart Mark Radio. Did you know you could advertise on SmartAsses Radio for as low as $5 a month? For details, visit SmartAsses.net or SmartMarkRadio.com and click on the advertising link at the bottom of the page. Something bothering you, Mr. Wolf? Yes, Captain. I have to buy my parents a gift, and I have no money. Good Lord, that is a problem. Oh, my. Hey, I know you. You're Captain Sulu. That's right. And I've come to the future to give Mr. Wolf some kapla. If that needs success in Klingon, do tell. If you're looking for inexpensive gift ideas, why not give them a personalized celebrity voice impersonation greeting from Johnny Video? They're only five bucks, and even Captain Spock here loves them. Indeed, it would be the logical course of action. Well, there you have it, Mr. Wolf. If I were you, I would make it so. My fellow Americans, you know, we are living in troubled economic times, so... I would highly suggest you order personalized $5 celebrity voice impersonation greetings from johnnyvideo.net for your next gift-giving event. I'm not President Barack Obama, and I approve this message. From the people who brought you the blockbuster HBO hit Game of Thrones. So, let me make sure I understand you correctly. Because I am a dwarf, you won't give me a position as a lone officer. Yes, that is correct, because you actually need to be able to see over the teller window. But what if I stood on a stool? See how it all began on the Wall Street of Westeros. I'm very sorry, Mr. Lannister, but we ran your medieval credit report, and unfortunately, the Iron Bank declined your application. Well, I regret to inform you that I believe you are mistaken. You don't have to search very far into history to know that a Lannister always pays his debts. It's the prequel the banking world has waited for. But I'm the king! Most sorry, Your Grace. Oh, all right, I'll have Ned Stark co-sign. HBO presents George R.R. R. Martin's Game of Loans. Fill out your deposit slip. Winter is coming. Coming this year. Please, Mark Antony, try to be reasonable. Maybe I can't marry Cleopatra. Or maybe... I can. Such decisions are hers alone. And she sits upon a throne of gold. But there are other areas of my life where I can decide. Where I can choose. I... can... choose. So what does the great Mark Antony choose to do now? <laughs> Rest your head well, wise Cumulus. The great Mark Antony chooses to listen. To listen? To listen. To Smart Asses Radio. To interact with Smart Asses Radio live on the air, follow us on Twitter and tweet your thoughts to the hosts at Smart Asses Net using the hashtag HailJackie. Smart, Smart Asses Radio. To call in and talk to the hosts, dial 646 646- 478 
or click on the blue letter S to call in via Skype. And now, back to SmartS's Radio. agent, teacher, actor, producer of such films such as Teresa Sario Alive Again with Gary Sinise and The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke and he is also the host of Legends Radio and that is the one, the only Evan Ginsberg. Evan, how you doing buddy? I'm good, I'm good. Thanks for having me on Johnny, appreciate it. I, yeah, I'm just going to go down the list here. Publicist, promoter, booker, agent, producer, actor, MC. You are a club owner. You are a radio show host. Where do we begin with you? Well, I, was, I wasn't technically a club owner. I was a club booker in uh, New York's Greenwich Village at a club called Gizzy's for uh, four years. And uh, it was a great experience. Uh, we booked everything from uh, hip-hop acts to uh, luscious Johnny Valiant doing comedy uh, to performance artists and uh, everything in between. It was, uh, it was one of the great experiences of my life. I, don't, I, I assume that the Gizzies was a playoff of Ginsburg somehow, but it, it, it no, was, not at all. That's just sheer coincidence. Well, if people can't tell from the accent, I mean, you're definitely a native New Yorker. Uh, you grew up what East Flatbush, New York? Is that correct? That's right. I grew up uh, on the tough streets of uh, East Flatbush, Brooklyn, in the '60s and '70s, and uh, I wrote a book called Apartment Four B, like in Brooklyn, chronicling turbulent times i mean the 60s were insane for those uh i'm sure a lot of your listeners are well aware you know uh martin luther king malcolm bobby kennedy john kennedy all gunned down and uh a lot of uh, racial tensions and it was just a very very tough time and there i was a little kid uh basically the book's about being the only white kid on the block what were you, uh, you know, just kind of going way back here, what, I mean, what were you like as a kid? Because you're into so many things in the entertainment industry, but, you know, part of it's obviously the athleticism of wrestling. Like, where did you fit in? Were you like one of the jocks, the athletes, or were you in the drama class, a little bit of both? Like, you know, what, 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 um, what were you like? I was, a street, I was a street kid. I mean, uh, you know, we played all kinds of old school, you know, street games, uh, punch ball, you know, uh Scully, uh, Ring Olivio, which we called Coco Olivio, which was the, the Hispanic version of it. Um, 
you know, et cetera, so on. This was pre-video games. This was, you know, we just, you give us like a 29-cent ball and we were good to go. I mean, it was a different world back then. Today the kids, uh, you know, sit in front of a TV or a computer or whatever and, uh, you know, it was a different world back then. You know, uh, go out and really socialize. If anybody really thinks, you know, these strangers on Facebook are their friends, I, I think they really... Uh, are a bit delusional. Exactly. <laughs> I, I saw I saw somebody on Facebook uh, who had thousands upon thousands of friends say their brother was sick. You know, could you uh, send anything, even a dollar? He's uninsured, and not one person sent. So uh, that pretty much sums it up right there. It amazes me how children are these days. I actually just had a friend telling me the other day that she took her um, her child's um, Call of Duty from him. And and uh, he's actually like hugging and kissing her again, and not so angry all the time. I'm like, wow, that's. <laughs> you you <laughs> want to know something? Um, video games are like everything else. There's a good and the bad side to it. Uh, right. The positive the positive side is you're letting out your aggressions by blowing things up and shooting things. The mm -hmm. the, the negative side is it can be desensitizing to well, a degree. I would think. And when is it enough? then when that's not enough, just like doing drugs, then you've got to, you know, escalate to these school shootings and things like that because you don't have enough um, entertainment, apparently, in the, in the lives of these kids these days. Well, um, I'm, I, I think that somebody capable of going on a massacre, if it wasn't a video game, something else would set them off. I don't necessarily... Oh, I, I, oh, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I don't necessarily like like for example, even um in some countries like Norway and Sweden where the porno and everything is more open, there's less rape and you know, people are letting out whatever by watching it as opposed to, you know, acting out any you know, bizarre fantasies. So uh you know Right. Yeah, there's there's two sides to everything really. Oh, of course. Yeah. You, you, know, you briefly, briefly mentioned the apartment 4B, like in Brooklyn. I know there was a, a story involving your grandmother and some wrestlers in that. Like what? Uh, sure, sure. Uh, it's a 50 short story collection about growing up in East Flatbush in the 60s and 70s, East Flatbush, Brooklyn. And the story that Johnny's referring to, uh, as a teenage wrestling fan, um, they used to have these. You know, eight by tens in the magazine itself of various wrestlers, and I would have like a, you know, collage on the wall, Bruno and Superstar, etc., so on. So there, in all his Nazi glory, was Baron von Raschke. So of course, I knew it was all a work that you know the guy was born in this country and he's just doing a character. But my grandmother, who lost a big chunk of her family during the Holocaust was none too happy when she saw this picture on my wall. So uh, there's, a there's a story about that. And I'll tell you something, even, you know, taking it a step further, uh, Baron von Raschke's son is doing a documentary on him, and I actually read the story for this documentary, you know, like, I, like and, and I forget the exact words at the end, but it was something along the lines of, I wonder if one of wrestling's all-time villains ever knew that the greatest heat he ever generated was between a young kid and his nice old grandmother in a Brooklyn apartment. <laughs> so, uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a lot of a lot of '60s and '70s uh, pop culture in there. You know, growing up at that time, I was a huge Bruce Lee fan and uh, Clint Eastwood, of course. Uh, you know, uh, Bruno Sammartino, the Valiant Brothers. Uh, you know, it's such a black exploitation. You know, I grew up on Fred Williamson and uh, Jim Brown and Pam Grier and all of that, and, uh, you know, uh, American International Pictures and uh, Spaghetti Westerns, which, you know, were the second feature with our beloved kung fu flicks and, uh, like, Five Fingers of Death, which was probably the worst movie ever made. The guy would, like, bend his knees, and next thing you know, he'd be jumping on top of a tree or on top of a building, you know. <laughs> I, yeah, but, you know, we were 12 years old. We thought it was great. We had no idea, <laughs> you know, what we were watching. But, uh, you know, a lot of pop culture and, and uh, basically what it was like to be a kid in the middle of a lot of political and social turmoil and uh it was just a tough time it was a tough time in america and it was a tough time in the streets of brooklyn back then and uh anybody that knows the history back then there were a lot of race riots going on especially after martin luther king was shot and uh there was a lot of racial tensions and uh just a just a really difficult time in american history and there you are a little kid you know, you're watching you're watching all of this on TV and not quite getting it. And, and, you know, meanwhile, you're kind of in the middle of it all, for better or for worse. Uh, yeah, really, both. And, um, you know, and, and looking back at it from really a kid's point of view as opposed to an adult's point of view, they're, you know, they're all short stories where... Um, you know, like, for example, there were a lot, of, a lot of gang activity, and, you know, you were kind of singled out because of your race. You know, you're the only white kid on the block, one of the few white kids in the school. So you're seeing the other side of racism, and, uh, but at the same time, there were your friends who were protecting you. So you see the beauty of it all, that, you know, you could tr transcend race and religion and everything. And... Um, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Um, you know, and of course, memories of family, many of whom are no longer with you, like my dad, who, uh, you know, would take me to Madison Square Garden, and we'd see larger than life, you know, superheroes and supervillains who were the wrestlers. And not realizing that subconsciously, you know, when Bruno Sammartino would beat a Waldo Von Erich or a Spiros Arion or a George the Animal Steel. You know, you were living vicariously. You know, he was beating the bigger guy, and it's like you were beating the bullies, you know, that were picking on you at school and all of this. And, uh, you know, it, it was... Uh, <laughs> It was a interesting period, an interesting period in my life, and an interesting period in history. So I'm just curious with all of this, how you got into entertainment. How did I get into entertainment? Uh-huh. Well, uh, I was acting as an agent in pro wrestling, and uh, I had Nikolai Volkov and uh, Luscious Johnny Valiant booked for an autograph signing, and uh, the executive producer of The Wrestler, uh, Scott Franklin, his best friend just happens to be at this um, 
at this autograph signing, and we just started talking, and we hit it off, and we exchanged numbers, and, you know, I, I'm always giving out business cards. I didn't think much of it. Next thing you know, I'm in a meeting with, you know, Darren Aronofsky, and I have Johnny Valiant and Nikolai with me, and Nikolai's manager, uh, Nikita Brezhnikov, and also the late Tiger Khan, and we just all clicked. We just all clicked, and... Uh, this was very early. Uh, this was literally seven years before The Wrestler got made. People have no idea how long it takes to develop a project. And, um, you know, then you know, months went by, and I'd hear again, and uh, finally the thing got funded, and boom, you know, uh, there were five or six script rewrites, and... All of a sudden, I was associate producer on a uh, on a uh, important film for a major director, and um, it was one of the great experiences of my life. And uh, a funny story: I'm on the set one day, and Darren um, gets this smirk, and he's like, "Evan, come here." And I'm like, "Okay." And next thing I know, they're miking me, and he goes, "No makeup," and he goes, "Evan, work the room." This was the autograph scene. Uh, talk to everybody. Go to Mickey last. Ask him for a, ask him for an autograph and a Polaroid. So uh, Mickey comes over and he just whispers in my ear, you know, improv it, improv it. <laughs> he thinks I'm an actor. I'm not an actor. Right. <laughs> so so uh, I'm like, okay. So yeah, I do exactly what they said. I'm bullshitting with all the uh, you know um, people in that scene. I make my way up to uh, Mickey last. And I say what I would say to any, like, childhood hero. I loved you as a kid. I saw you at the garden. You know, can I have your autograph? Blah, blah, blah. And um, he goes, what's your name? (laughs) So I'm thinking. There's no script. I'm thinking. And I go, Evan. (laughs) So I'm playing myself in a fictional movie. It's, It's surreal. Absolutely surreal. So uh, the capper, uh, the capper is we're at the New York Film Festival, Lincoln Center. There's 2,300 people there, and uh, I don't know if I made the cut or not. I'm just watching the movie for the first time, right. and uh, all of a sudden the scene comes on, and there I am, and my uh, my girlfriend at the time was now my wife. She goes, "That's you," <laughs> you know, like <laughs> she was stunned, you know. So uh, it was it was a great great experience and uh, you know and subsequently you know I've worked on other films and uh, you know we did this uh, full length documentary Teresa Sario alive again and Gary Sinise was gracious enough to appear in it and my buddy Lanny the genius Paffo does a poem during the uh, climactic scene and we're very proud of that too we just took it to England we did screenings and. Um, you know, at beautiful colleges and where, um, you know, it's um, it's not the wrestler, but it's, uh, you know, it's won film festivals, and we're very proud of it. Right, right. That's amazing. Thank you. So so how did the the whole wrestling become a huge part of, of what you do, just from the, the childhood of, of growing up with that kind of stuff, or... Well, I'll tell you I'll tell you exactly what happened. I was always a huge fan and um I basically I would say I went to ninety five percent of the garden cards and Nassau Coliseum cards from right. nineteen seventy four to nineteen eighty five and then um 
the uh, Tri-WF uh, got a little circus-like when they became WWE, and right. you know, I, I, I didn't quite like. Yeah, I didn't quite like it as much. And Ridiculous. then yeah. the NWA, the NWA was here, you know, in Philadelphia and Jersey, and occasionally on Long Island. And uh, it's like, okay, I just saw Ric Flair against Ricky Steamboat live. You know, what's better than that? Exactly. And, uh, yeah, so we would go to uh, Philly pretty much every month uh, to see that, and uh, eventually that ran its course. And you know, then there was East, then there was Joe Goodhart in uh, Philadelphia with loaded shows, and then there was ECW, the early ECW with Eddie Gilbert. Then of course Paul Heyman's ECW, and ever since then I've just basically been a huge fan of indies. I, I love Ring of Honor, Chikara. Uh, Dragon Gate, you know, it, it's, um, <laughs> I mean, WWE for the most part is three hours of your life you'll never get back, and, um, <laughs> you know, and, and TNA, they've never quite had the courage of their convictions to do something more or better. Uh, I love Austin Aries, I love, uh, they have some great workers there, you know, Kurt Angle, and, uh, Right. You know, Guerrero and Bobby Roode, and but you know you still have to get past you know all kinds of you know shtick with Brooke Hogan, and you know it's just insulting. It's basically insulting. What it's turned into, for sure. Yeah. So if you you know basically if you TiVo these shows, you could pretty much watch like three hours of Raw in about eighteen minutes, and uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> and TNA, uh, you know, if you just go straight to the Austin Aries match, you're good. You're good. You're not right. So, right. Yeah. So, well, uh, what was your take on uh, WrestleMania? Did I, did you even watch it? I, I know you didn't go. Yeah, actually, actually, no, I didn't go. I didn't go, but uh, I did see it on um, pay per view, and uh, I um, I thought the Undertaker match was great, and I thought the Triple H match was very good. And, uh, you know, uh, the rock match was okay. It wasn't as good as the first one. And, you know, other than that, there wasn't anything really special on there. But, uh, I, I, I thought oh, he, Trip, what's that? He's done out of this, right? The rock. Excuse, excuse me? Isn't the rock, isn't the, isn't this WrestleMania was the last? Um, I heard he got hurt legit. So I, right, I don't know right. what his status. I don't know what his status is. The original plan was for him to. He was supposed to come back Monday night and fight Brock Lesnar. But yes, he is supposedly, allegedly, legitimately hurt, and so they pulled him off of Raw, and that's why Brock Lesnar didn't show up either. But they were supposed to build right. to those two fighting at WrestleMania 30. But yeah, now there's speculation that The Rock might be done. I think. My personal opinion, and I don't want to digress into wrestling too much about it, but um, my personal opinion is I think The Rock realizes that he's probably too old, uh, and I, you know, I would agree. And I think maybe this injury, he might be playing it up a little bit more than it really is. More than you know. right. Well, because he's not gonna. There's there's no way to live up to to go out the way everyone wants. So I mean, it is what it is. Right. So, uh, but but speaking of wrestlers, Evan did. I, isn't there kind of an interesting story about the way you met Johnny Valiant? Because, I mean, I actually listened to one of your shows over on Legends. Um, I forget when it was. it was. Sometime in the last month. But you were talking about how you used to go to the Garden and watch him as a fan. 
And then uh, there he was, like, sleeping on your couch, you know, many years later. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's funny how life works out. I... Um I, I always loved the Valiant Brothers. In uh, the mid-'70s, the Valiant Brothers were the number one tag team in the world, um, which doesn't mean they were better technical wrestlers than the Funks or the Briscoes, but just as far as, you know, uh, media and everything, they were considered the number one tag team in the world. And, you know, incredibly flamboyant and these guys would have two out of three four 45 minute bloodbath brawls at the garden and the building would literally vibrate uh, usually they were fighting uh, Strongbow and Bruno or Dean Ho and Tony Gurria and um, many years later um, I was an agent and I was booking various wrestlers for autograph appearances and I contacted Johnny Valiant, and we just hit it off. We just hit it off. He's an intelligent guy. He's obviously a funny guy and um, very good-hearted, honest. Um, and, you know, so there one day Johnny crashes at my apartment, and you know, there's the guy I would see headlining the garden, and he's sleeping on my couch, which is also, like, very surreal, absolutely surreal. And um, Johnny will appreciate this story. I'm working a convention with a comic convention um, with Johnny, and who's sitting next to us? I'm looking at her. I'm like, I know this woman. I know this woman. It's Seika, the Platinum Princess of Porn. Okay. So, so um, to, to make a long story short, we're sitting together for two days, and, and we just hit it off. We just bonded. I'm with, jo I'm with Johnny Valiant, and Saker's with her husband, and we've been friends ever since. We've been good friends. I've, uh, I've stayed at her house, and we've worked on various projects together, non-sexual. <laughs> right. you got to clarify uh, that these days. It's a shame, but you do have to clarify that kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you never know in life the people who turn up in your life. I mean, same thing with Nikolai. Nikolai is like the sweetest guy on the planet, but when you're a kid and you're watching him at Madison Square Garden and everybody wants to murder the guy, you never imagine, you know, you'd be at his house. You never imagine, you know, you'd be doing things with him also. It, it, life is very strange, very strange the way things turn out. Want to keep up with SmartAsses Radio? Subscribe to our RSS feed on smartasses.net or smartmarkradio.com.
Hey, player, is you tired of blinging your gear, flashing your Skrilla, and cruising around for dimes in your whip with no bass? Don't hate the player, my nickels. Hate the game. I'm loving how it's going in the Akron scene Cause I'm rolling with the dudes and they act as mean Always come around here when they asking me I cause catastrophes the way it has to be This is Tony Sin, man, yeah And this is sound true West on the beach, yo, it's like we bringing sound, dude I ain't never slowing down, it's not loud, dude Haters in the dark trying to hide, but we're down So you wanna hear the bomb stuff? Sick of the videos Middle finger up and stay rapping for my city, yo Due to the hip-hop stop, it's the bomb Ain't you heard, smart more? Radio.com. So you wanna hear the bomb stuff? Sick of the videos. Middle finger up and stay rapping for my city, yo. Tune to the hip hop stop. It's the bomb. Ain't you heard? Smart Radio.com. Wednesday nights at 10:30 p.m. Eastern time. Only on SmartMarkRadio.com. And now it's time for jobs Johnny Video didn't get. We go south to the land of the Lazarine. The lambman will kill us and take your dragons. We go west to the Dothraki Sea, the first Kalisar we meet. Will kill us and take your dragons. I beg your pardon, sir. Nobody will take my dragons. Cut. This has been Jobs Johnny Video Didn't Get. Looking for more smartasses? Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash smartasses.net. You can also find us on Pinterest at forward slash smartassesmag. And don't forget to follow us on Tumblr at smartassesnet.tumblr.com. Hello, Seattle. Do you smell what The Rock is cooking? I'm Casey Kasem. Jerry Seinfeld. And uh, Newman. Kramer. George Costanza. I'm George Takai. Matthew McConaughey. Patrick Stewart. Morgan Freeman. Christy the Clown. Mulder Bartender. Batman. Skeleton. Apocalypse. Alec Baldwin. Ian McKellen. It's me, it's me, it's TDP. I love you, Spartacus. Ooh, yeah! $5 celebrity impersonation, voicemail, greetings, and other voice services from Johnny Video at johnnyvideo.net. <laughs> Hello, Hayden. This is Krusty the Clown. I just wanted to let you know that I've marked your birthday on my calendar because it's the most important day of the year. And on your birthday, I'm going to play a very special itchy and scratchy cartoon just for you. So happy birthday. <laughs> Was that good? Was that a take? Can I get the hell out of here now? Uh, Krusty, you realize the cameras are still rolling, right? What the? Oh. Mmm. Nothing spells a carp's baseball game like a bag of Bobby O's potato chips. Hi, Uncle Rose. Oh, no. Can we have some of your Bobby O's potato chips? No. If I've told you kids once, I've told you a thousand times. You can't have any of my Bobby O's potato chips. Ah, uh, come on, Uncle Rose. Even Fluffy wants some. Oh no, not you too. Yes, everybody loves Bobby O's potato chips. Available now at your local Boondock, Montana grocer. Hello, Carps fans, it's me, Lefty Mayshack, the old Nuxa. You know, using the Nux on my left hand won me a lot of games for the Boondock Carps, but they're not all that great for enjoying a handful of tasty Bobby O's potato chips. Bobby O's potato chips. They're salty, they're crunchy, and now available in lemon, lime, and grape. 
Hey, when I'm not busy being the governor of Montana. Uh, Jesse, you were never the governor of Montana. Oh, what the hell do you know, McMahon? Uh, my name is a McMahon. Anywho, when I'm not busy being the governor of South Dakota or telling you about conspiracies, I'm listening to Smartasses Radio, eh? Jesse, you were never the governor of South Dakota either. Aw, oh, Montana, South Montana, who cares? They all grow potatoes better than they do in Colorado. To interact with Smartasses Radio live on the air, follow us on Twitter and tweet your thoughts to the hosts at SmartassesNet using the hashtag HailJ. Smart, Smart S's, S's Radio. To call in and talk to the hosts, dial 646 478 5863. Or click on the blue letter S to call in via Skype. The Smartest is Radio. Curiosity on you know what your outtake is on on gun control and, and you know everything that's been happening um, recently. Well, uh, one, I, I I am totally anti-hunting, so the excuse that I need a gun to go shoot Bambi, you know, right. uh, I I don't quite get and. Uh, you know, it's a it's a beautiful morning. Instead of doing one of a thousand positive things, like you know, let's go shoot some uh, beautiful defenseless animal from a distance and call myself a sportsman. Uh, okay. I, I, yeah, I really don't see it. And um, and as far as guns, I think if you just look at the numbers, uh, the vast amount of guns in the home are not used to stave off, you know, home invasions. They're used to, uh, you know, shoot your spouse or your boyfriend or your girlfriend or somebody has to go to the bathroom 3 in the morning and you think it's an intruder and you shoot a family member instead or the kids find the gun and play cowboys and Indians and, uh, you know, little little Jimmy gets blown away. And uh, for the most part, I don't think it's a positive. I don't think it's a positive. Uh, just look at the statistics. 
Uh, right, right. And as far as them and, you know, schools saying that, you know, teachers need to have guns. Um, oh, come on. That's insane. It's absolutely insane. You know, uh, you, you you can't give, you know, they're, they're talking about giving college students guns. What are you, you know, what are they going to arm the, uh, the kindergarten kids and the nursery school kids next? You can't have right. everybody running around with guns. I mean, what happens, uh, you know, people lose cell phones. What happens when the teacher leaves the gun in the desk or whatever the case may be? It, it, right. it, it's, just, it's just asking for more trouble. It's, uh, inevitably, inevitably, the massacre has started before anybody with a gun can get to the person anyway. Exactly. You, you, you can't have everybody walking around armed. You know, then they go, oh, if, if there were more people with guns in that movie theater, you know what would have happened? If you more people were shooting, people. it would have more dead people. <laughs> exactly. exactly. You know, yeah. it's dark. People are screaming. They're running. They're falling. You know, do you need more people shooting? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I, I just alienated half of your audience, but uh, <laughs> probably, so, probably. so be it. Yeah. So be it. You're you know? used to that anyway. All out our yeah. opinion. Okay. Yeah, the opinions the, the the opinions of anyone else on the show not necessarily is shared or endorsed by Johnny Video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you said that. I got you. I got you. I got you covered, Johnny. I actually, <laughs> I, I actually meant to throw that in because I know you say that on every one of your shows. The opinions yeah. expressed are not necessarily endorsed by yours truly. So. Anyway, anyway, Jackie, go ahead. Um, and then I had another question. Um, um, I'm curious what you say to people, um, randoms or acquaintances, who ask you to burn my copy of your film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you exactly what I say. When, when people are selectively poor, selectively <laughs> poor, this is a pet peeve of mine, as Johnny knows. Um, <laughs> I worked I, I worked in this club for for four years booking uh, you know as I as I said earlier the tip jar would go around it's no cover no minimum the musicians are playing for free and you you got people with four hundred dollar phones you know right, right. and they 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 break into a cold sweat when they see the tip jar you know uh, really impressing their date let me tell you. Um, you know, et cetera, so on. And people do not even grasp the meaning of support, supporting the arts, you know, supporting uh, people in your life. Uh, they, they don't get it. They just don't get it. And to me, the arts are very, very important. And I think as parents, you should yank your kid away from the TV, the video game, from uh, MTV, BET, and all the other stuff that, you know, generally is not, you know, all that informative or educational, and take your kid to a museum, to a play, to a concert, to a quality right. movie. You know, everybody was stunned this weekend that, uh, that 42, the Jackie Robinson movie, somehow beat Scary Movie 5. I mean, oh my God, you, know, you know, it's, it's like... Create art. Don't create product. People create product. That's and, uh, you know, we spent four years, four years and 3,000 hours of editing putting together a documentary, which may or may not ever make any money. It, it's just one of those things. 
You know, documentaries are very difficult. Um, and when people say, can I borrow, can I borrow your movie, inevitably what I say is, quote, do I look like a library? <laughs> do I look like a library? Uh, that's, that's exactly what I say. I don't care if it's friend, family, neighbor, you know, support, support the arts. And right. you know, I'm not po- I'm not poverty stricken. That couple of dollars is not going to make or break me. But it's the, it's the same principle. Well, uh, it's not going to make or break most people. Yeah, it, it, you don't do a documentary to get rich. Believe me, I didn't get rich from the wrestler. You you, you create art because it's something you need to do. But um, if you have 150 a month for some monster uh, cable company. You know, maybe, maybe, just maybe, that poor, struggling, you know, indie artist, you could buy that CD for 10 bucks or that DVD or whatever the case may be. And um, I, I, have, I have sat with indie filmmakers where they would get into a conversation with uh, a fan and they would, you know, they would, of course, promote their DVD because it's important to them. And the fan would say to them, "Oh, I, I don't, I don't buy any, uh, I don't buy anything. I download everything for free. I don't, right. I don't pay for, quote, I don't pay for content. So instead, why don't you just look the guy in the eye and say, you know, I, I don't understand or grasp the idea of support, and I'm not going to uh, support you in, in any manner whatsoever because I steal everything for free off the internet." You know, uh, which right. is really what you're saying to the person. Without a doubt. Yeah, uh, you know, kind of a similar story, not not quite as in depth, but you know, as you or both of you may or may not know, I also own a uh, a hot dog stand, and you know, I'll go out and work the hot dog stand some Friday and Saturday nights in front of the bar and stuff. And and one of my, fa- you know, first of all, I got to give credit. There's a lot of people who are very supportive. Um, but my favorite is when you get, like, a couple or a group and, you know, the guy will be like, oh, my God, Nathan's hot dogs. we got to get some hot dogs. Let's get hot dogs. And they're all into it. And then it's typically, you know, nothing against women because, you know, I'm the last guy that has anything against women. But it's history being what it is, it's typically the woman that says, oh, no, either, either they don't trust a, the street vendor or my favorite is, no, I really want to go to Steak and Shake, or I really want to go to Taco Bell, and I can I can't even count how many times I've said, "Yeah, there you go, support the corporate giant. They need your money more than I do." You know, like I'll kind of get sassy with them. You know, I'll be like, "Yeah, yeah. when I'm when I'm living in a cardboard box next month, I'm blaming you." You know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'll be the first person to go to a hot dog vendor downtown and get myself a Polish boy. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's usually better, you know. But uh, you, you always have to you always have to support the uh, the mom and pop stores, and uh, you know, otherwise everything becomes corporate. Front page of one of the New York newspapers today said that there's, you know, it, New York is losing a lot of its identity because everywhere you turn around, there's another other sub. Yeah, we're starting to, start to lose you again. But, I, yeah, I know what you're saying. You know, like, I mean, that's 
actually the beauty of New York City is the mom and pop stores. And last time I was there was in I want to say 1997, 98. In fact, the Twin Towers were still up, and uh, that was the whole like appeal of New York City is just sure. You know, it's the best of everything, and, you know, I would hate to go back and see a Burger King on every corner and everything, and I, I think that's what Evan's talking about. Yeah, exactly. It's There's all changed. Everything's changed, and it gets very tedious. Yeah, that would stink. So, but I'll tell you what, we're getting a little bit low on time, and I don't want to, like, skip over your uh, up-and-coming stuff. Uh, you've got uh, the Ring of Angels movie short. Tell, tell us about what you've got coming up. Sure. Uh, Ring of Angels is an upcoming project, um, a uh, very, very, uh, you know, world-renowned director, Albert Xavier, um, He's uh, he's directing, and it's it's a very poignant story about a kid who um, his dad was a wrestler, and he grows up to be a wrestler, and there's not much of a, a relationship there, and uh, it's um, it, it's kind of it, it's very heartfelt and well written, and uh, right now we're doing. Um, Albert and uh, Carlos Espada, the writer, are doing a Kickstarter for it. And if you go to uh, Facebook, Ring of Angels, you could get more information on that. And uh, also, of course, my uh, DVD, Teresa Sario, Alive Again, is at aliveagainmovie.com. And uh, you could pick that up as well. Right. Yeah, we actually have the uh, ad up for that on smartasses.net, too. So if you go to the right side of the screen all the way to the bottom, you'll see a little bit of an ad for it there, too. So, uh, All right, what we're going to do now, this was a Sue Young invention, but uh, the new boss, Jackie, decided that she's going to take this over, too. Uh, we like to call it the uh, lightning round, and what it is is a series of uh, just ten questions. Most of them are yes or no, one or the other type answers. Uh, so without further ado, uh, Jackie, go ahead and get that ready because it's time for the lightning round with Sue Young. All right, you ready, Evan? Sure. Favorite color. Uh, purple. <laughs> Coffee or tea? Tea. Uh, New York pizza or New York cheesecake? Uh, cheesecake. Would you rather be too hot or too cold? Too hot. Favorite comic book character, character male or female? Silver Surfer. Nice. Uh, favorite R&B artist? Al Green. Good, good. And favorite movie of all time? Wow, favorite movie of all time. Oh, man. Uh, Rocky. Nice. Mets or Yankees? Uh, Mets. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) And who is the hottest female alive? The hottest female alive? Wow. Um... Vanessa Del Rio. <laughs> How's that? Good. And last but not least, a little intimate, boxers or briefs? Uh, briefs. Yeah. Nice. 
There you go. And that'll do it. There you go. That was profound. There you go. <laughs> you you actually finished the fastest. Most people, uh, in fact, I just ended it myself there. Most people never make it before the end of the Jeopardy music. So you actually embraced all that is the lightning round. So there you, nice, there you nice, go. Nice job on that. So you know, uh, with with, mo- with movies, it's very hard. I mean, you know, it's like apples and oranges. Like Rocky's so sentimental. You got to just love that movie. Um, but you know, there's tons of movies that you know you have a warm spot for. Right. Exactly. So yeah, it's, a, it's yeah, it's probably one of the, the hardest ones. So, all right, well, uh, you know how this goes. Uh, you know, unfortunately, we are running out of time. But by all means, plug whatever it is you'd like to plug. Your website, your Facebook, upcoming appearances, and I'm going to say it like you. By all means, the next minute is yours. Oh, thank you so much. Thank okay. you so much. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, legendsradio.net Wednesday 7 to 9 20 p.m. Eastern Standard we have some of the biggest names in the arts sports wrestling etc so on legendsradio.net we have a store on there we have tons of wrestling merchandise my book apartment 4 be like in Brooklyn and uh, please support Teresa Sario alive again alive again movie.com and uh, Ring of Angels, uh, our, ups, our upcoming short on uh, Kickstarter and uh, the Facebook page, Ring of Angels. And uh, I'm also going to be directing a film called The Stage is an Altar about the New York music scene, and uh, hopefully we'll get that done this year. Beautiful, beautiful. A lot of stuff. Uh, and, yeah, like Evan says, support indie everything. Um, I, you can't even say it better than that. So, Evan, uh, you, you know, you and I are friends, so I'm sure we'll be on each other's radio shows a lot yeah. in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll talk absolutely. to each other again soon. So, yeah, uh, thank thank you so much. And Jackie's a natural at this. Keep got to keep her. She's pretty good. Yeah, I, I have to yeah. admit. Of course she's Absolutely. my new, of course she's not my new boss, so I'm not gonna say anything different than that. But uh <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for the props. I appreciate that. Uh Jackie, uh we got about twenty seconds. How'd the show go for you? Was it a little bit better now that you had some uh, control over everything? Yeah, we'll see how it goes. A little better. All right. Anything anything I need to work on? We'll get to that later. All right. All right. <laughs> Oh, I hate that evil laugh. Anyway, uh, on behalf of the lovely and talented boss of smartasses, uh, Jackie the Geek Goddess, this is Johnny Video saying we'll see you next week on Smartasses Radio.